Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today we're going to talk about humble confidence with Reverend Trevor Sutton. So when we talk about the seven practices of health youth ministry and then the 40 end goals that are a part of that, we often mention from time to time uh, how much time it took us <laughs> to yeah. choose those words in particular, how much uh, ruminating and, and different phrases and different ways of talking about it that we went in the process of, of coming up with exactly the right words that we wanted to use for those. And one of those phrases you'll hear us use in both of those places is humble mm-hmm. confidence. We're trying to describe how what it is we wanted our young people to kind of have as they walked through the world Mm -hmm. around them. You know, we know the world around us can be challenging as we walk in faith and and teens especially have a difficult time trying to navigate relationships and situations at school and on sports teams and in Mm -hmm. arts, all while sharing their faith. And there are places that maybe they might attempt to hide their faith and kind of downplay it and make it very personal. And there might be places where they're maybe read social media, places where Mm -hmm. they're encouraged to kind of be argumentative and aggressive and be the loudest in order to be heard. So when we were talking about that confidence, we were definitely pointed to the way to say we want young people and us to always look outside of us to the one who gives us confidence and what that's based in. So humble confidence comes from the idea that we are confident in a God, our God, who loves us and always fulfills his promises to us. It means that Christians will not have every answer and every time but we turn to the one who does. And sometimes those are the answers where we have to humbly say, I don't know. Uh, God knows and I don't. Um, And to be able to live in that sometimes tension that happens in our life. But certainly we go to God's word to give us his reassurances and to know the revealed God that we know in Jesus and the scriptures and that that's enough and that we look to that, what God has showed us in his word. And we want teens also then, as you said, they go out to the world for them to listen with patience, to engage in humble discourse and engage with others too. We want them to help model and teach how to have humble confidence as well in their faith and in their life. So today we're going to talk with Pastor Trevor Sutton and the four-part curriculum that he wrote about humble confidence that we're highlighting this month as a part of our post-gathering resources. So Reverend Trevor Sutton is a senior pastor at St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Lansing, Michigan. He also has a, P- is a PhD candidate at Concordia Seminary and teaches at the Digital Humanities Graduate Program at Concordia Ann Arbor. His most recent books, including Redeeming Technology and Clearly Christian, Following Jesus in This Age of Confusion, Sutton's writing on technology has appeared in the Washington Post, the Religion News Service, and the Lutheran Witness, the Christian Century, and elsewhere. Wow, that was a long list for me to get through. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Pastor Sutton. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to be with you. Well, you were back on the podcast for the study you wrote for the post-gathering resources in 2019. It's hard to imagine. It's been three years since we've had you on the podcast. And we got to hear a little bit about you in that bio. But maybe tell us more about your vocations and your roles in youth ministry and things that bring you joy. Yeah, I'd love to. So think about vocations. You know, we learn and know that vocations are not singular. There's not just one vocation you have, but God has called us to many different vocations. And I I have lots of different vocations. I love seeing how those vocations overlap and feed into each other. Sometimes it's a little bit of a hard shift of, okay, what am I doing right now? And and, and which which of those vocational hats am I wearing? But amongst those, I'm a husband and a father, as you mentioned, the bio senior pastor at St. Luke Lutheran Church in Lansing. And we have a really eclectic community of people here. It's We have two campuses, one in the kind of suburbs, one that's downtown city center. And we have a 
multiple language services. So English, Arabic, Swahili. And so that's kind of a, a unique vocation to, to be pastor at a place like that. And then, as you mentioned, a PhD student working on a dissertation. I do some writing and speaking. After this conversation, I get to go do the vocation of youth soccer coach nice. and lead lead some soccer practice. So <laughs> they're all over the place, but but fun to see the the ways that God calls us to different types of service. Yeah, on this podcast, we do not underestimate the vocation of youth sports yes. coach. Right, <laughs> it is an important one for us to have. One of the things we love to hear from youth ministry leaders is about their junior and senior high school years. You got to share with us the last time you're on, but as a refresher, that or maybe something new has popped into your mind. The question we love to ask is, can you share for us how Jesus used a key moment or moments or people to bring you closer to him or the church in those important years of junior and senior high? So I think the last time I was on, I think what I said was my, my, my family and my mm-hmm. immediate family, and they were just very influential in my faith formation. I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to say the exact opposite of that now. I'm going to say that that influential non-family members were, mm-hmm. were just a very powerful way that, that uh, the Holy Spirit used people in my life. And so, for instance, growing up, there was a, a, a man in our congregation who I used to go mountain biking with mm-hmm. all the time. And... He was, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years younger than my father. And so kind of, you know, somewhere between the ages and generations of, of my, my dad and, and me and, and my parents, that kind of thing. And it was just this really great relationship to have someone who is a Christ follower and to be able to get to know him in an activity we like doing, mountain biking. And I think he liked riding with me because I was young and, and faster than him and I'd pull him along. And, and I liked spending time with him because he was you know, a mature follower of Jesus, but, but not mom, not dad. And, and that provided somebody else to, you know, bounce questions off of, learn from, interact with, and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, absolutely. I was blessed with a family that was influential in my faith formation, but it's neat to see how God raised up that, that next layer of mentors and those meaningful adult followers of Jesus to, to, to encourage me in my following of Jesus. Yeah, that's it's amazing to point. I think a lot of people can point to that to that adult who was outside of their family who who cared for them and, and pointed them to Jesus. We saw quite a few of them. You got to join us at the LCMS mm-hmm. Youth Gathering. Any favorite memories from from that event that you got to be at here there in Houston? Yeah, a couple things stand out for me. You know, kind of reflecting on it now after a couple months here. I think one of them has to do with the youth participants. One has to do with the adults. With the youth, I was teaching sessions on technology and technology as it relates to the Christian faith. And one of the things I was most encouraged by was afterwards. I know everyone kind of mentions the speakers often mention this, but but after you get done speaking, the conversations you have with with the students afterward. And what I was so encouraged by was I had, I don't know, half a dozen or maybe even a dozen people come up and and they were interested in computer science or going into that field or already in that field in some way or IT, you know, things like that. And and coming up and saying, I had no idea that, that my work in this vocation can somehow connect to my, my faith in Jesus and, and, and the Christian faith. And so just those, those kind of light bulb aha moments of like, wow, I just thought that I studied computer science because I love it and I love Jesus, but 
I didn't see how those things can somehow interact together. And gosh, to just be able to do that for one person would just be well worth it, let alone the the dozen or so that, that I had to have those conversations with. So so that was exciting. And then for the adults, this was a little more, I, I was coming up with the presentation and I was going to try to do this sort of ambitious thing of, of taking social media and then showing how it it, it kind of is a, a manifestation of some of these contemporary philosophy things and then how the gospel can be proclaimed in it. And there were times kind of flying out to Houston where I'm like, this is going to bomb. It's going to be so bad. Uh, but then it was just amazing that that it just it worked really well. People loved it. Nobody threw tomatoes at me. And it was uh, it was very encouraging. So just the the sheer surprise of it not being horrible was a highlight for me. <laughs> Well, I have felt that before. You, know, yeah. you get about 30 seconds before and you're like, oh no, I have, I don't know if this is going to work. And then God is, God is good and, and you've got yep. the right stuff for it. Yeah. Yep. We've, absolutely. We've started to get the audio now from some of the recordings of the sessions. And it was fun. I was able to listen to your adult one and for you to talk about what Finsta is. That was great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I sound like you were introducing that to a lot of people from the reaction in the audience. It sounded like. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 glad to hear that. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it myself and going back and re reassessing it. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Again, thanks for taking the time not only to present, but then to spend time with again youth and adults, investing in them, giving that encouragement. That's really exciting for to see young people start to make those connections for their future careers and vocations in which they'll be serving many people through their gifts. So we're going to turn our attention to the study that you wrote for Youth eSource. And again, as we started to develop into these 40 end goals, as well as seven practices of youth ministry, one of the terms that we talked about was, as we said in the opening, humble confidence. We used it both in seven practices and the end goals. And in this first session of the study, you compare humble confidence to other kinds of confidence and help to find it. What do you see important about humble confidence for a Christian? So that that humble confidence, I love that as as one of the end goals and just uh, seven practices that you all have for the youth ministry and and what I when I was working on the study, I just kind of played around with that like what 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 could it have been that it it, it wasn't <laughs> you know what are some other ways other adjectives you could have put in front of humble confidence you know and so thinking about you know there's fake confidence like this veneer of yeah I'm confident but. It's just all a facade. An arrogant confidence is sort of like, you know, the antithesis of humble confidence and arrogant confidence of um, kind of putting others down because you're so confident, but it's it's this puffing up of yourself and putting others down. It could have been, you know, fragile confidence. Like you seem to be confident, but but the second something happens, it's shaken. And so I just kind of played around with that. And then the other one that I really was intrigued by is self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, that's one of those kind of insidious things that um, it might be more problematic than we think, because I, I, I don't know about you all, but I, I sort of stay up at night with concerns about, are there things that we uphold as, as virtues, but they're actually vices? And I think self-confidence might be one of those in the sense of, you know, we want to foster self-confidence, especially in young people. But that could really quickly kind of turn into this idolatrous sort of thinking and acting. And and what's so concerning about it is, you know, I could stand up in front of a youth group and talk about developing your self-confidence. And I'm not sure many parents would say, what on earth are you talking about there? Why would you tell my kids that? But in a way, that that's a misguided sort of confidence to, to say, where is my confidence? Myself. To turn inward, to seek that 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 ultimate source of trust and faith and confidence and 
Like, where's my solid rock? Me. <laughs> that's a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so actually, as we're, we're talking, I'm working on a sermon this week for Luke 15. And, and mm-hmm. there's some self-confidence going on there. The tax collectors, or uh, Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, and then the Pharisees and scribes come up and they're like, well, why are you hanging out with these guys, these people? And clearly the Pharisees and scribes, they have this self-confidence of uh, we've got it. We're living right. And Jesus, why are you living with these wrong people? And, and uh, so anyway, so just this idea of, of confidence and what words can go in front of confidence. Uh, and that's where I love that language of, of humble confidence. And I think in some way, humble confidence, it, it sounds like, like an oxymoron. Like it, it, can't, <laughs> it can't hang together, right? Because we think of confidence so much as, as arrogance or pride. But really the beauty of that, that, that description, that word is it drives us to Christ Jesus as, as the one of, of true enduring confidence. And in Jesus, we can see humility, but we can also see confidence. And then for the followers of Jesus, then we can have a humble confidence, a confidence that's outside of us, not a self-confidence, but but a humble confidence found in the salvific work of Jesus through his cross and empty tomb. And so it's a fascinating, there's not many other combinations of words that I think can pack so much, <laughs> but that idea of humble confidence, and it was fun to play around with what is it not, and then yeah. what is it? Right, because I mean, even in describing humble confidence, you have to be clear about like who, who, what, who, or what are we confident in, right? Mm-hmm. And you do such a great job of, of pointing us back to to Jesus, and and you even mentioned there, you know, looking at to Jesus as as somebody who had humble confidence in Scripture. How do we see Jesus having that humble confidence in Scripture? Yeah, so one of my other vocations is that of of a geek or nerd, and so I love to to geek out on words. And one of the first things I did in working on this study was kind of to do some etymology of those words. What 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 is the etymology of humble? What is the etymology of confidence? And, and et- by etymology, I mean, you know, where does it come from? What's the the origin of it? And that word humble, uh, it's a fascinating word, but it it in some way goes back to Latin and and the word humus, which means like ground or earth. It's actually similar to the word human, which also means kind of taken from the ground. But in some way, to be humble means to be grounded or down to earth. And that's what's fascinating is then, okay, how was Jesus humble? Well, first and foremost, Jesus was born. And that, that sounds like a weird place to go, but but the birth narrative of Jesus, boy, that that abounds in humility. The son of God, the author of all creation, but but in this lowly place born in, in the midst of animals, born not in a, a throne room, but, but in, in backwater Bethlehem. Clearly that's, that's a humility, but but even just the the fact that God would be born in human flesh is is humble and and a sense of humility. So so the whole the, from the beginning from the incarnation of Christ, there's a humility. But then we just see Jesus embodying this humility again, this groundedness or this down to earth way of being in everything. Another one that that we see, and this isn't in the life of Jesus, but but describing the whole life of Jesus, Philippians 2.8, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And, and theologians talk about the, the humiliation of Jesus. And it's not embarrassment, uh, but rather just this, this humbling of birth, suffering, death, burial, all of these things. And it, it, it goes to show that, that God is not above humility, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is just, I don't know, that's one of those sentences that uh, it should just stop us in our tracks. 
Our God is not above humility. And so if God is willing to enter into a state of humility in Christ Jesus, then humility must be a good and godly. It must be something that that's not to be avoided. And, and basically, if it's good enough for God, it's probably good for us. <laughs> I think that was one of my favorite lines of your study was right there. <laughs> when you put, put that in there, it was really, really good culmination as you're leading up and looking at that word. Like I said, it's kind of fascinating to really look at that and all the ways we use it, down to earth, those type of the ways. I and mean, just look at, again, our Savior himself, how he humbled himself for us and all those connections that come together to help us see the depth of that word in our everyday living. Now, as we take that into the lives of our teens, one of the things that certainly we hear a lot about, and you've probably seen your own young people in your congregation and in your your community, young people right now with just so much around them with the number of voices that they hear and things, there's a lot of focus on achievement and getting ahead and how do we do that? How does having humble confidence help teams focus on Christ through this pressure to achieve? Yeah, so again, just... Loving to geek out on words that that word confidence. Then you break that down. It means you know to have trust or or with trust. At the end of the day, confidence really means like in what are you trusting or or in whom are you trusting? Where is your trust? And I think as you've as you've asked in that question, a lot of messaging that young people get is really trust in yourself, and not even trust in yourself, but trust in your accolades. Trust in your GPA, trust in your performance, trust in your your uh, stats, your your where you're at on the roster, you know those kinds of things. One of the things I love to do with my youth, and and I sure they absolutely despise it, but I just act like a like an overgrown toddler, and I just keep on asking them like why or 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 what 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 like what comes after that, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times we'll we'll do this thing of like, well, why is it so important to to get this perfect GPA? Well, so I get into a like a good school. Well, okay. So then what <laughs> or why? And then it's, well, so I can get this really good job. Okay. But, but then what? Well, so I can have this really great house. Well, then what? And you just keep asking that. And at some point they kind of realize, yeah, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know why I'm putting my trust in this performance and, and where it's all going. And so just that idea of is our confidence at our very being, is our confidence in ourself in our achievement, in our getting ahead, in our um, what we've accomplished, what we've done, or or is it in Jesus? Hebrews thirteen is is a great one in this. Like, so we can confidently say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear." What can man do to me? Mm. And, and just this idea that understanding that at our very core, in our baptismal identity, our standing before God, it is established in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Like that's our confidence, and letting that just be the gravitational center of our our identity, our hope, our our future, our everything, so that it's not our achievement at the center of our universe, our our performance, our grades, but it's the achievements of Jesus for you. And, and that, that that doesn't mean that we then pendulum swing in this different way of like utterly neglecting the responsibilities of being a student, a teammate, a friend. Like you can't just be like, hey, I'm good, you know, I'm perfect in Jesus. But it does give us this kind of unshakable confidence that that really our confidence does not rest on on ourselves, but it rests on Christ Jesus. And then from there, then you can have that 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 humble confidence to to lean into these things, knowing if I fail, that's not the end of my identity. If if I if I don't succeed in this endeavor, it's all right. I can dust myself off and try again. Why? Because eternally, that's not where my standing comes from. 
I, something good that I think adults need to be reminded of as well. Right. Like, yes. I'm like, yeah, I want uh-huh. my teens to know that. I also might yes. need to know that from time to time as I, well. My best sermons are the ones I'm preaching to myself. So, Absolutely. <laughs> I, I also appreciated that you took this as, as you looked through the city and, and talked about how humble confidence can help young people, particularly in some key issues of identity, like you just hit there, right, around sexuality, around all of those different pieces that teens are putting together in terms of their identity. Maybe talk a little bit about how encouraging humble confidence helps youth to deal with some of those identity formation issues, especially ones that might be big in our culture right now. Yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, when we when we think about sexuality and and, and things like that, and maybe just more generally destructive behaviors that that maybe young people or anybody enters into, a lot of times though there's a correlation, you know, between self-worth and those destructive behaviors. Mm-hmm. And, and in some way we, I will let others treat me this way or, or do this, or I'll do this with my body because of a low valuation of mm-hmm. ourselves. And, and one of my favorite verses of scripture to, to bring into that is, is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Paul says, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. And, and just this idea that, that Jesus sees you and and all of his people, he sees us as priceless, like so priceless that he would willingly buy you back with his blood and his body shed on the cross. And and this idea then that that if you're priceless, that should give you in some sense confidence, confidence that like I'm I'm worthwhile, I'm valued, I'm loved. Again, that's not a confidence in your looks, not a confidence in your abilities and yourself. It's a it's a a confidence that's given to you as grace. But just this idea then that because we are priceless, we, we can then live in a way that that doesn't degrade our, our bodies, our sexuality, ourselves, but we can have confidence to treat our bodies and ourselves as precious both to God and to us. And so just this idea that I think there really is a strong correlation between when our confidence is eroded or we're looking for confidence in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. That's that's generally when when not just young people but all people will pursue you know kind of maladaptive coping mechanisms and and try to find confidence somewhere else in the wrong places. And so it is a, an interesting idea that that if our confidence is in Jesus and we see ourselves as worth everything to God, flowing out of that becomes the confidence to say no, the confidence to wait, the confidence to abstain from from certain things. Mm-hmm. One thing that always blows us away when we're with with our young people, like whether it's in Youth Lead or some other places or just young people we know in our lives, is they want to know more about Scripture and about walking with Jesus so that they can share their faith with others. They know so many of their mm-hmm. friends. I mean, I think you know more than generations before them certainly are walking out into a world where people don't know Jesus, not part of a church. They're not hearing the truth of the gospel in their lives I and mean, to know where our identity comes from as people of God. And so they want to be able to share that with friends in a loving way. But we also know, know too that the world there gives us a lot of opportunities and places where we can be really aggressive with our beliefs, angry with them, perhaps misguided sometimes, and particularly on the internet, as you <laughs> well know from the sessions that you did the gathering and other writings that you've been doing. So, you know, how does humble confidence help us as we witness to Jesus or point others to Christ in our interactions with people in our world? Some who may again disagree with us or again push back on our own faith. So, I think the internet as a whole could could use a few terabytes of humility. I don't know how we upload that into the internet, but that might be worth pursuing somehow. One one of my favorite scripture 
passages to, to bring into this conversation of social media, the internet, the ways that we, we interact with, with people, especially through mediated technology. So even if it's just texting or whatever that is, but John 3.30, the words of John the Baptist talking about Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. <laughs> and I just think if, if there is a single verse that has just kind of ruined social media for me, kind of just ruined <laughs> ruined me in, in the best possible way. It's got to be that. And just using that as, as almost like a razor or a litmus test to ask the question, like, is this to my increase or is this to Christ's increase? And just that, that simple filter is a powerful mm-hmm. way, I think, to put this into practice, this idea of, of humility, but then pointing to the confidence, not in ourselves, not in being right, but to the confidence that we have in Christ Jesus. So to ask yourself that question, is this to my increase, to my glory, to my, you know, bolstering my pride or, or to the increase of Christ? That's a powerful thing to, to do. But then I think there's this other sense in which, and this is maybe why it's so hard for, for us as, as Christians, that, that we can have tremendous confidence in the word of God, even, even a confidence that that, that's a boldness. Mm-hmm. Like we should have a boldness in the word of God and not a timidity of like, yeah, maybe it's true. Maybe it does what it says. Like, no, we, we can be absolutely bold in the proclamation of the word of God. But that doesn't give us license to, to neglect that posture of humility. And that's where it's so challenging and, and, and difficult. One that I, I continually to, to, to kind of wrestle with and think about, but somebody, a teacher of mine once said something to the effect of, you know, if, if the word of God offends, so be it. Mm-hmm. But if I offend, there's something wrong there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and disentangling those two things and understanding that, that's a tricky thing. And mm-hmm. I don't think I have it quite figured out yet, but that's one that I, I want to better understand. What does it mean for for me to proclaim the word of God in, in digital media places, social media, or even, you know, per- personal one-on-one. But how do I do that in such a way that it's not, it's not my boldness, it's not my arrogance, it's not anything like that, but it's it's the word of God proclaimed and, and letting the word of God do what it does. So there's that. And then another one that I always like to point out for folks is First Peter 3, you know, talking about apologetics in a lot of ways. First Peter 3.15, you know, the well-known, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you, but we always stop right there. And I don't know why it's quite troubling, but, but it says right after that, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And so often there's this idea that like giving a defense is, is, is doing it in a brash, arrogant, I'm right, you're wrong. And let me tell you the 20 reasons why sort of way, as opposed to this gentleness and respect, this, this humility. So I think in that sense, humble confidence is really recognizing it's not your glory. It's not about you being right and the other people being wrong. It's, it's about all of us collectively coming to know the eternity changing good news of Jesus. And so I think in that sense, that's a, a trait that we can bring with us into digital realms that I'm sure would be a, a healthy and a, a much needed thing. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of Bible verses now that I think I might need stickers <laughs> up to go that's on my right, computer, right? Right, right. <laughs> something Put that to remind right on my me. Keyboard. Yeah, to remind <laughs> me of that, right? And bring people as well, right? Yeah, so such good stuff. You know, we could go into a lot. There's so much that you put into the study that we could probably go on and on. But we have a lot of adult leaders. We're hoping that are 
are going to be working through this, the study and the parallel devotions that you wrote. Um, as they do that, anything you would want to share with them as they're getting ready to maybe teach and, and work through some of this material with their young people? I think one of the things that, that I would encourage any adult leader, pastor, parent, whoever that may be, who's, who's you know, going to be, whether teaching this study or, or just trying to instill this, this, this idea of humble confidence, I, I think one of the, the best things to do would be to find ways to embody that in your interaction with other people, the way that you present yourself to other people, the way you present yourself to on social media, things like that, that it's not a, I'm confident because I, because I got this because <laughs> I'm so great, but it's a confidence in Jesus kind of clothed in that humility, that Christ-like humility. And, and, and I think young people see that when we, when we embody those things. And the other thing is this, is I, I think it's deeply attractive to, mm-hmm. to young people, to people of all ages. And actually, I think it's attractive to just about everybody, even people outside of, of, of the church. It's one of those things where we are attracted to confidence, like you, you know, you want a doctor who's confident before they do the surgery. Um, so, so we just, we love certainty and, and confidence and someone who's like, I, I have a, a firm foundation and that's just like a, an inherently human attractive thing. But then we see this confidence go awry of like, it's, it's fake, it's arrogant, it's pompous, it's, it's misguided. And so we want something, we want to put our trust and faith in something, but we see all these wrong things. And so this humble confidence in Jesus, I think that's that's an evangelistic thing too. And so I guess my encouragement would be for adult leaders, for anybody listening to find ways to put that into practice and, and see what sort of conversations it starts. As, as you seek to grow in that humble confidence, people will take notice. And I think it, it'll, it'll start a conversation and kind of la- lend a credence to your teaching and to your leadership of, of young people. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Sutton, thank you so much for joining us and for talking a little bit about the study. Hopefully people will go and check it out on the e-source that's available right now. Thanks for joining us again now, almost three years later on a new study. <laughs> Let's make it not another three years before we do it again, huh? <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks so much. Yep. Thank you. So I think this was definitely one of those areas as we did both the end goals, focusing on those, talked about seven practices that we did a lot of discussion about. Appreciate some of Trevor's insight on that. I think one of the stories I remember telling, I think around this term was trying to encapsulate. I still remember as a young child, I was probably like second or third grade, went to a public school and they really did a great job. It was, I mean, I get it. The the meaning was there and it was important to have a conversation about self-confidence, you know, in yourself. Right. And, and in that context, it was a very appropriate place. But I still very much remember going home to my Lutheran pastor dad and, and parents and with, you know, theology of the cross and saying, but Mark, ultimately, like, what's yourself going to tell you? You're, you know, and I knew <laughs> my heart will lie to me. The world's going to lie to me. Satan's going to lie to me. And actually, where does your confidence come from? But Christ. And even I think about the book called Christ Esteem. It's probably out of print now. I think it was all about that out of our baptism, out of the word of God, how we find our value. We know his promises are for us. We know that we are loved deeply so we can love others. And that becomes a foundation for us. So I love, again, it's it's an interesting word combination to bring together, but encapsulates that kind of that tension you have in the world. And it's not just for young people, it's for all people as we live in this world and yet also know the richness of God's blessings of his promises for us and his word for us. It is really fascinating to think about self-confidence versus humble 
confidence and how self-confidence really is not <laughs> biblical, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for us to to hear it in culture and to go like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Or, or hear it at school or mm-hmm. we hear it on social media, we hear it on television, we hear it in all sorts of media messages and and never really breaking it down and going like, oh, no, that's probably not what we want to be focusing our identity on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how humble confidence helps us to sort of shift our focus back to the thing that is true no matter what. It's in, in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In Jesus, it helps us to to put him at the center of things and not myself or other stuff and form identity from that spot rather than from other places. And I think, you know, helping young people to really be discerning <laughs> in those ways and think of humble confidence as a way for them to to break down some of that messaging for what it really is, whether that's achievement or identity formation, to help them to really think through those things in a way that helps them form that around Christ and their and their baptismal identity at the center is really important. Well, going through it, I think, you know, whether it is online or other places, it has caused me to pause many times about how how do I then embody that for others too <laughs> in my interaction to certainly Bring me to prayer, bring me to God's word, bring me to his correction and his refreshment too. And and how, you know, that challenge for us, how do we embody this and for young people around us or everyone in our life and both for the believer and also the unbeliever too, as we witness to Jesus out into the world and all that he's done for us. Yeah. Humble confidence as something that we model is, I think, a bigger challenge. Mm-hmm. I love that as a challenge for us as, as adult leaders who care for young people to how do we model and embody that in our lives. And I just think about how many young people in our lives look at us in, in how we approach our own right. neighbors, how we approach mm-hmm. our own work, how we approach social media, and how often I hear from young people that they've seen the social media of, mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. other people in their church, even leaders in their church, and gone, I I don't think that's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. And for us to be able to say, like, yeah, I'm going to be really thoughtful, and, and I'm not always going to be great at it. <laughs> I'm not always going to be perfect at it. But with the work of the Holy Spirit, to be able to, to embody that for them to sh- set an example so they know what that looks like like as they move through life. And I do think that is attractive to a generation that's being sold a lot of things mm-hmm. that has a lot of influencers that want to be perfect and and make everything that they put out on, on social media be perfect and where we make sure that all of our pictures are all filtered mm-hmm. and where mm-hmm. we only show the best parts of ourselves to have humble confidence really is rooted in a place that I think young people are going to find really attractive in the adults around them. So a couple of questions for you to consider. First, how are you encouraging young people to be humbly confident in Christ rather than in themselves? Number two, what are some Bible verses or sections of scripture you can memorize or have handy to remind yourself or your youth of the confidence we have in our humble Savior? And finally, how can we teach and ourselves approach others who might not believe with humble confidence, both in person and online? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you walk through life, both modeling humble confidence for our young people and teaching them how to be humbly confident in the world around them. Engel's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.